This is Rating Descending, where we watch IMDb's worst 250 movies so you don't have to. I'm Michelle St. Clair. And I'm Abigail Ward. And this week we watched Skyline. Strange lights descend on the city of Los Angeles, drawing people outside like moths to a flame where an extraterrestrial force threatens to swallow the entire human population off the face of the earth. Let's watch. Um, but it's been like one week since you've been. Oh my god! <laughs> I wish I knew the lyrics to the song. It would have been way been. funny. <laughs> um, <laughs> to be honest, we actually haven't recorded. I we did the math just before uh, in over three weeks. Uh, Sorry, I forgot the shower water in that. You could you, t- you could taste it. I just I kept drinking it. Guys, Abby left her coffee in the bathroom in the shower for whatever reason, and then <laughs> her boyfriend had a, yeah, had a shower. And then Abby, not wanting to waste the good coffee we buy, <laughs> just kept going at it. Yeah, um, but yeah, we haven't recorded in about three weeks. We kind of needed a break for a variety of emotional reasons. <laughs> Mostly Melbourne's two-week lockdown that broke us and everyone we oh, knew. It's been like a shocking two weeks for this household, for everyone that I know, really. I don't really know one person that isn't just struggling a little bit at the moment. It feels like it would be an overstatement to be maybe the worst, to say maybe the worst two weeks of my life, considering just how bad I felt at times in my life, but certainly one of the most emotion-filled. Same, 100%. I don't think it's one of the worst two weeks of my life, but it's been like emotionally like it's just been absolute chaos it's been over a week since none of us have cried yeah i i i actually have been keeping track should we get like a little whiteboard in the house and be like days since one of us cried but i'm hoping tomorrow it's gonna be we're gonna fucking do it we have a whiteboard in that fridge let's start that tally let's do it and we'll have to like each day be accountable be like who cried today come on be honest (laughs) (laughs) like stand up for yourself yeah but um i I know that I've had a rocky two weeks because literally my master's is finishing. I like yeah. did my major deadline. And let me tell you, the night before my deadline, I knew I was so behind. I had so much work to do. I blocked out my day and I was like, I can get it done, but I have to be rigorous and I have to stay up really late. Mm. So I woke up at Claude's, drove here at nine, went straight into work and I resurfaced at 3 a.m. with like a bunch of Ritalin in me being like, fuck, I think I did it. And I was like wired and like I was seeing things. I crawled out into the living room to make a coffee in the middle of the night and I woke you guys up because I was just like clanking around in a state of complete distress because I couldn't pull a shot of coffee. Yeah, because you couldn't do it, you made three coffees. <laughs> it didn't pull, yeah, okay, probably was me. But like I, <laughs> it was also the new coffee beans. But either way, I just oh, like. <laughs> the new beans threw me off. You always blame the beans. Oh, fucking Abby and those beans. Yeah, man. I, um. <laughs> Yeah, and the the beans aren't the point. The point is that, like, I pushed myself to my absolute physical and mental limits that night. Yeah. I went to bed like a little fucking baby. I woke up the next morning, kept editing, went to work, kept mm-hmm. editing my script at work, don't tell anyone. And then I submitted it. But that was, like, three months of work. It was actually really a year of work, but it was also three months of work. Yeah. And it's done. And I called you right before I submitted it. I called yeah. Claude. And then I called you, and on the phone with you, I just started sobbing, being like, I moved to Melbourne for this, and that was over. But then I submitted it. And then a bunch of other shit hit the fan with lockdown, and it's just been terrible. Yeah. But that's my week. Yeah. It's been emotional, and I've cried a lot. But you've, a you've lot. marked a major milestone, both of animal, have. vegetable, and mineral. mineral. <laughs> <laughs> 
blah 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 collateral yeah <laughs> what? love that song collateral isn't even the word in the song uh, <laughs> like who can say like we literally will never know that's true. like there's, there's, no, there's way no way of finding knowing. out yeah, if no i'm wrong knowing. and you're right we'll just never know i'm probably right if you know you have to tell us legally <laughs> <laughs> that's also something you have to be accountable on <laughs> like yeah. in that whiteboard in the kitchen yeah. <laughs> did you get the words wrong to pirates of penzance <laughs> Zero days, days zero. since messing up the words <laughs> to modern, major modern general. You put the zero on the board general. and you just turn around and look at me with this absolute sense of malice. <laughs> I said animal, fruit, and mineral. <laughs> That's the weirdest one to get wrong. <laughs> Why have you had an emotion-filled two weeks? I mean, lockdown just sucks in it's lockdown. Yeah, well, because I mentioned last time I started, like, a cool, cr- crazy major new job. And it's been really difficult. It's just been really long hours. I keep feeling like I'm not doing very well at it. And it's been absolute chaos. And then, yeah, lockdown hit. And between, like, my girlfriend not feeling very good, me feeling very overwhelmed from work and also then coming home from work and having other work to do, and then you also being stressed. When when it was like, and there's COVID Again, yeah, almost exactly a year after we went into stage four for like fucking five months, and I it, was like, I can't do it again. I genuinely, I think there was just this sense of fear in Melbourne. Like at first, yeah. we we're like, yeah, let's get it over and done with. But when we went into that second week, I think everyone was like, fuck, like we're really going into three and we just could not deal with it. It's actually documented that uh, Melburnians took this one worse than yeah. any of the other ones, and I think it's the truth because we're suffering a sense of like PTSD from yeah. the last year. Because I remember that. The time we we started this podcast right after that lockdown began. We're we're close really to the year. Place. Yeah, and um, I remember I went for this like long moody walk at like the night before we went into back into stage three, which turned into stage four, and didn't yeah. and kept like went for like fucking three months. I remember I went for a walk before everything shut down for three months, and it was like the grimmest feeling. I was walking around walking around Northcote, looking at all the people at the bars, being like, "This is gonna be." Yeah. And I think I just had that awful sense of dread that that would happen again, that the, I'd have that walk again. The day after they announced it, I just had, like, a really bad day at work and I couldn't get anything right. And I just had this, like, really cathartic, surreal experience of having to drive around to find... I just wanted to eat something because it was, like, 6 p.m. I'd been working for 11 hours and something was exporting. And I was like, I haven't eaten all day. I've eaten... I, th- I think at that point I had had one meal in three days. Mm. And I was like, I need to eat something. And I drove to three different McDonald's, none of which I could go into with my car. Uh, And this was a day... This is your breaking point. uh, Well, it was a day after having an experience of not having a mask and driving to three different pharmacies, (sighs) and none of them were real pharmacies except for the last one, where on waiting to get a mask, I shit my pants. (laughs) You told and me about that. And then had to that, go back into my car with we didn't my shit pants. Dwell enough on that, actually. I knew about that happening, but I really didn't get the full scoop. So then it felt like repeating where it was driving around to find these McDonald's's, McDonald's eye. And I just, I, I was like, of course. And I just started like sobbing and yelling in my car, just like letting everything out. And it was such like a surreal experience. I felt a lot better after, after it, though. Yeah. Um, and then worse the next day for a variety of reasons. But it's just, I don't know, it's been a very emotional few weeks, but I'm glad, like, we kind of took a break without missing yeah. our deadlines of we, the episode. Look, we just, the nights that we were going to record, we were not in a fit emotional state to do it. Yeah. It, this is the best we've felt in a long time, and it's still not great. <laughs> we're still just managing. Oh, I cried. I sobbed earlier today. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a joke. <laughs> 
I think I sobbed again yesterday morning. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. definitely did. Yeah. I definitely did. Oh, I, I think I teared up a bit yesterday evening as well. It's just been fucked. Um, I didn't cry for six months last year. And now I'm crying all the time. But speaking of crying, you know what really made me the most upset? What is it, Michelle? It was watching Skyline. Oh. Yeah. This. <laughs> I mean, I did watch it twice because we watched it. We had to delay it. And then I watched it again because I was yeah. like, I should have it fresh in my mind. What a movie to watch twice. Yeah. You know some how some movies like age well when you watch it again you notice things you didn't the first time this <laughs> this movie aged like carbonated milk <laughs> <laughs> bubbly and dangerous you definitely got everything in that first viewing yeah for sure it actually turns out that this is very surface level and I it's it's perfectly understandable the first time this was one of the more ridiculous movies on our list and for that reason I enjoyed yeah. watching it a lot I get that I get I where you're coming it. from and also it's the brothers Strauss again right and yeah they did alien versus predator Requiem. Requiem. yeah <laughs> which is like our sixth episode or something yeah we're, we're back with the Strauss brothers we really are getting to a point where repeating actors I now are repeating directors I joked about this but I'm genuinely gonna I want to put together like a graph of like overlapping cast and crew members to yeah. see like who has had their hands the most on yeah, these films who appears on the list yeah. the most frequently also like which like fucking production companies are the people spawning out this fucking yeah. bullshit I'd love to know who's actually behind a lot of the worst movies in the world <laughs> who did this yeah <laughs> who did these this just started as a bit of like a a bit of a fun podcast idea in lockdown but now it's an experiment now it's an analysis this yeah. is a research project as we keep saying you know this is not just a podcast it's not just a bad movie podcast it is a macro study of the imdb algorithm <laughs> dynamics circa june to 2020 and it's not just that it's also a community of yes young diverse queer not queer, white, not uh, white. Let's be honest about create. our listenership. All right, white, queer, um, <laughs> that's, that's, young creatives. That's pretty brutal. That want to hear about. But fair. <laughs> <laughs> we know who we're marketing to, Michelle. Well, no, we we know who our circle of friends. <laughs> <laughs> what? That's crazy. What I wanted to lead with, uh, with that, uh, you know, like this is a macro study, and in that vein, you know, the last few episodes, because of just general exhaustion, we've been going a goofy city, right? Goofy oh, city. Wow. Take the train to Goofy Town, baby. First off, the Chuckle Hut, you know. Oh. But this episode, I want to fucking focus. Oh. These movies are bad. And I'm gonna tell you why. Oh, you know? so this we don't is... we don't have time for a little chuckle. We don't <laughs> no. have time for a wee little giggle. No more funnies. No, no more hoo ha's and the no. tum tums. The only funnies are implied from the descriptions of the movie. It, it's Got you know you. it's much more cerebral. Much so we're very more raw we're very intellect. serious. Yeah, we're a very serious, serious podcast now. Studious. I take IMDb very seriously, <laughs> as you should. Why are you laughing at me? I know I'm laughing because. Uh, just at the idea that someone wouldn't. Yeah, it's, like, exactly. It's, it's comical it's actually, that someone wouldn't take IMDb that I'll seriously. I'll just say it because you don't want it. It disgusts me. Yeah. It disgusts, it revolts me that people wouldn't take the 20, what, one-year-old resource IMDb. No, 23, 24-year-old resource IMDb. Well, also, it was bought by Amazon, wasn't it? Fucking Mr. Bezos. Bezos. Daddy Bezos did Daddy. not break his back building America for us to disrespect the internet movie database. <laughs> 
And what a database it is. Um, but when he explodes Challenger style on his trip into space so that he can conquer the galaxy, I'm very excited for IMDb to be free once more. <laughs> also, can I just say about IMDb? Yeah, is... you can, yeah. All right, cool. Well, this is a safe space, right? Yeah. We can talk about IMDb. We're allowed to talk about IMDb here. I think if we, we do. we got sued by IMDb? Can you imagine if we just got some fucking subpoena thrown I, at us? I worry morning? about that every episode. I'm like, really? we're basing our podcast not just around bad movies in general, but specifically around one company. What one happens company? when they find out? Yeah. <laughs> They will never find out. They will not care. Hey, uh, you don't know how big I want to take this podcast. I want it to be... You're going to take it straight to the top. Netflix, Disney, Amazon, rating descending. I wouldn't be just surprised (laughs) if they sued us because we've literally claimed that IMDb is governed by the boss baby of IMDb, which is what the B stands for. Yeah, that's what the B... (laughs) Boss baby. (laughs) Boss baby. From the show. It's based on that same boss baby, who, as we established canonically, has a... um, trap wall yes that, that leads into through. yeah that, that that's Turns where a lot of the movies movie. are generated yeah <laughs> i still need to see michelle 2021 i hear it's a hit but um i wanted to say about imdb that i love that it feels almost full circle in my life that we do have a podcast about it because i'd be lying if i said that as a kid i didn't spend 80 percent of my time on the internet on imdb and, and you were a bus when you were a baby weren't you oh absolutely <laughs> it was actually i was a girl boss Oh, you know? Jesus. Hashtag girl bossification. <laughs> I am empowered <laughs> as a baby. I love being infantilized. Abigail's gone full capitalist. <laughs> and full baby. Full baby. That's my Insta bio. Capitalist baby. Half and half, though. Girl boss baby feels like unmined creative potential, right? <laughs> Some hack website I, should do that. I'm obsessed with just empty internet buzzwords. It's girl bossification. It's bimbo. It's BPD. It's Facebook meme post. <laughs> <laughs> it's just absolute chungus energy all right i cringe pilled <laughs> i can't the internet has destroyed us but imdb strengthens us it, yes it is the backbone of the modern movie industry IMDb. and in that spirit we have not kept focused no this is about skyline let's blame imdb um, you know what let's sue them before they can sue us yeah <laughs> we'll send a <laughs> letter to their to door <laughs> rating descending incorporated <laughs> We found out that these fucking movies, like, we've got our own ratings. So we come to them, we're like, well, we actually rated these ourselves. Well, you, they'll open the letter and they'll say, dear IMDb, number one, how dare you? Yeah. Number two, how could you? Number three, shame on me, shame on you. <laughs> we, it's a poem. It's a poem, right? We should focus. No. <laughs> We should take them to court. I'm going to go into the outline so that we can start talking about Skyline at all. Can I just wait? Can I just please? Just one little addendum to the letter that we will send them. Okay, you can add an addendum. our little slam poem to begin with, the fourth point is a little photo of both of us standing there with our arms (laughs) folded, like looking disappointed. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Maybe w- the next one is us waggling fingers, but it's a photo, so it looks oh, like we're just holding two a finger photos up. Yeah. That we're making an animation. Wait, should so should one our fingers on one side and on the other it's the other yeah. so that you can flip between them oh, and it looks like we're wagging? It comes with a little ornamental. Remember those old like 90s? It's probably not a 90s thing, but I think it's a 90s thing because I was a child in the 90s. Those little like things where you f- you move it and it makes it look like it's a moving image it's like a ho- you can hold a gif in your hand like a zoetrope yeah i was thinking like a two-page flip book right i was thinking a zoetrope where it's just the waggling finger is I, what changes i'm fi- i fucking love that you totally admitted that you view all of human history that happened before you as potentially the 90s <laughs> <laughs> what was the film about michelle <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay. Fuck you. Let's get into the outline. <laughs> Jared and his wife Elaine arrive in LA for best friend Terry's birthday. Terry's wife Candace and assistant Denise join them for a lavish party in which Terry asks Jared to join him out in LA, causing tension with his wife, who reveals herself as pregnant. The next morning, UFOs descend and hypnotize anyone who looks into the bright blue lights they emit, causing them to move towards the light before being collected. After narrowly avoiding being collected on the roof, the five of them plan to drive to the nearby marina to sail out onto the water, but are attacked on their way out, with Terry and Denise being killed. Heading back to Terry's condo, they are joined by the hotel concierge, who encourages them to bunker down and wait for the military to show up. After a tense day, the Air Force arrives and nuke the main alien ship, destroying it and much of the city. However, Jared and co. watch in horror as the ship slowly begins to repair itself. Now in the middle of all-out conflict, Jared and Elaine try to flee to the roof to get help from an army helicopter, while Candace and the concierge stay behind and get killed. While on the roof, Jared and Elaine are abducted. Inside the ship, Jared's brain is removed and placed inside an alien machine. But as his brain glows red... He keeps full consciousness, and in the credit sequence, we see him trying to fight through the ship to save Elaine. The ending was insanity. <laughs> the ending, oh my god! I was like, oh my god! Okay, they're getting raised up into the ship. Ship, ship. We're going into the the third act. They're going into like the belly of the beast. I had the opposite reaction. I was like, is that it? That's well, the end. They were going up, and I was. I thought it was like the final fight. I thought yeah. it was like you think they're dead. They're mm. in the worst possible place, but they're really going to get themselves out. And then it's just Jared, the robot monster alien man, looking at his wife. And then, like, that's it. Yeah. She's like, oh, my God, it's you. And then Did you see the credits? It. Yeah. The splash frames yeah. of him, like, punching They're things. like, well, we've still got story, but we actually don't have budget anymore. So someone just mock up these photos. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That'll explain it. Which, you know, obviously, like, it totally makes sense that Jared kept his consciousness. His brain is red. It makes so much sense. All the rest of the brains are blue. So what poor screenwriter was like, where's my third act? Uh, the like, brother Strauss. <laughs> they're like, man, we really blacked out. What do we do with that third act? <laughs> I feel like they just wrote it and they were like, and then they die. And then someone was like, the fuck? And they're like, ah, uh, and then, but there's a sequel. <laughs> Which is it was definitely the vibe. just geared up for a sequel. A hundred percent. And I hated that. Just, is just there so a Skyline sequel? There is two sequels, but the first sequel wasn't made until... So this was made... Oh, how did I not write that down? I think this was made 2012 or 2010. This was made in 2010, and this first sequel came out in, I think, 2018, with the second sequel coming out in 2020, which were beyond Skyline and Skylines. (laughs) So we have that sort of fucking series of Skyline, beyond Skyline, and Skylines. Oh, Jesus Christ. Also, how are there Skylines? Yeah. And why was it called Skyline now? Just because there was towers those buildings i think it was called skyline because skyline is a cool word it does sound sci-fi yeah oh 100 percent. yeah it's it is sci-fi it's, so they got that right i you think know, that's it's a tick genuinely a cool sounding word sky is a cool word did the title Lion's vibe nice. with the film yes tick 100 that's a one out of 10 for me that's how i build the points i have 10 criteria yeah. number one does the title match the vibe number two how much cleavage like what what <laughs> well there was tons of cleavage from candace this the, is true the wife yeah 
She was in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And yeah. she kind of, for me, is eternally stuck in 2005. As maybe one of the only examples I can think of on screen of a trans woman being played by a cis woman. Yeah. Which, yeah. I mean, honestly, even though there's some things about the portrayal that aren't great, there's also a lot about the portrayal that actually is shockingly okay, <laughs> given how trans women are represented on screen. Not to go on a tangent... Sure. Because we could go on a tangent about this. Well, hey, this is the this is the focused episode. Can I can I tangent a little? You bit? can try. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. There's going to be a, a lot of no butting this episode. But, but be pr- but this be time prepared. it's from me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I don't know but I know and no I yes but. <laughs> I just wanted to say, with it's always sunny in Philadelphia. I was watching a bit of it recently because I was showing some to Claude, and it is like it's surprisingly not as offensive as it absolutely could have been. Yeah. The fact that D is a well-fleshed-out character, the fact that, like, they do problematic things, but it's always cloaked by the fact that, like, they're still, like, they're like, non-problematic writers. Yeah. And, like, when I watch it, I expect it to age really badly, and in some ways it does a little bit, but I'm always shocked by how not badly it has aged so far. Yeah, it it always, even in the older episodes, which don't sort of uh, reflect how we would have those discussions now, they did reflect... The conversation at the time. Yeah. In a positive way. Yeah. Which is great. Yeah. <laughs> like, 100%. I was thinking about, like, the fact that Mac, they make the jokes about the whole time that he's probably gay. Yeah. But it's not really making joke about him being gay. It's about him trying to, like, have this masculinity and this, like, really... It's about his denial of himself, really. Yeah. It's not about the fact that it'd be funny if he was gay. Maybe it was that when they started, but in the later seasons, Mac just comes out as gay. Yeah. And everyone's like, yeah, dude, okay, great. Like, we're <laughs> proud of you, and it's not a joke. Yeah. So well handled. Again, with Carmen, the trans woman, like, the first time, the joke is that Mac is ashamed and they're annoyed by it, but, like, it's not a big deal to anyone else. And then later, it's literally a conversation with Mac of, like, what the fuck are you talking about? She's just a woman. Yeah, 100%. (laughs) Stop being such a dick about it. Yeah. Tangent ended. Now we return to your focused And edit in. Boop. No! (laughs) Um, this whole episode will be like, can I? And then it cuts to back to you talking. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great gag. Um, the, the, one of the number one things that offended me in this movie was the beginning of it and then the... The middle 15 of it, <laughs> the end of it. But no, but doing the 15 hours earlier... At yeah. the beginning. Yeah, it had a teaser. Fuck! Like, it's a TV show, because that's a TV thing to do. It's a No, it's a very movie thing. Oh, I hate it. As a, I don't, I don't I think it's it so a much. good movie thing. And I think it's odd in sci-fi to be like, yeah, like, this is a teaser into what's going to happen. We're going to go back to the start. Yeah. I find it really bizarre. I'm fully of the opinion that if you don't know how to start your story in a more interesting point, like, don't don't go back. Yeah. Like, there's something wrong with your first act. Like, they started the story there, and they were like, but we have to go back so that we can explain them. But no, get us up to speed during the interesting bit. Yeah, there's also just a difference. I don't mean to speak over you. There's definitely a difference between um, basically a teaser where you're alluding to something that you might see later, and then this where they showed a scene, mm. put it at the beginning, and then we saw the same scene all over again later in the film. A, te- a good teaser is like, we see the alien spaceships lurking somewhere and we get a sense of what's to come. Or if it's set in the future and it happens in the story, it's like a different perspective of the plot. So we're not mm. seeing the literal same scene twice. Yeah. So dumb. I, I really so dumb. hate when things do that. Like, 
Rashomon kind of gets away with it because it's the seeing things from different perspectives movie. Yeah. But you you can't just go like, well, this is the interesting bit. Let's go back and you have to watch 20 minutes of, being, of it being yeah. boring. Write a better first act. I also... Stop it. This was the most boring fucking 20 minutes. Did you find... I know you're steering us tonight, but I also just want to jump into like the direction of it. Did you find these shots bizarre? Like they didn't really know how to focus on anything. So they would yeah. put like a character talking in the corner of a screen yeah. and it'd be like focused away and the focus pulls were insane. It didn't... And also the edits, there was like no oh line. They crossed the line constantly. Yeah. All over the fucking place. Oh. There's so many like weird wide shots from wide angles, like incompetently directed. Yeah. It didn't know whether it was trying to be like an indie art horror or a mainstream blockbuster. Yeah. And it was trying to shoot it like both at the same time. Yeah. I mean it was um Alien versus Predator Requiem, was that before or after this? Uh, that know? was before this. How did they devolve? This was worse. This was worse, yeah. hundred percent. Well, let me put it this way. A- Alien versus Predator Requiem was part of a studio thing with a big franchise. This is their movie. Yeah. This is their baby with full creative control. There you theirs. go. Because there was someone actually competent on Alien versus Predator being like, guys, I really think if you just want to, like, just this is my take, but if you want to, like, get this close-up of a character, you should, like, basically place them in the center or just off the center of the screen. And they're like, fuck yeah. On reflection though, I think maybe we're giving Alien vs. Predator Requiem too much credit because the main thing, maybe the only reason it seems better is because we couldn't see it. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) It was like plunged into, you know, I take back everything. I take back everything. We we saw like maybe a 30% of that film. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, in this, they start, they literally have Eric Balfour plays the lead character and Donald Faison is his friend Terry in clearly I don't know what to do with my life after Scrubs' point of his career. Also, Balfour, the guy that plays the lead, yeah. literally, like, the worst actor I've ever seen and a Terrible. knockoff Adam Driver. That's fugly. Well, he- <laughs> Sorry, that was me. Wow, that's kind of mean. <laughs> I take it back, Balfour. You're just, like, almost too chiseled, so it's okay. unattractive. You look like handsome Squidward, but fugly. <laughs> we talked about how it wasn't Cut it. a nice Beep. thing to say. <laughs> Um, but you know, he's he is a, a classic musician turned actor. Like he's apparently in some shitty band, and now he's a really shitty actor. They're talking to each other, and Donald Faison is literally saying to the hot young guy, "Hey, you should come out here and do VFX. You got the eye, man. It's so cool." <laughs> the <laughs> trying to sell him on being a hot young VFX artist, like the brother Strauss. <laughs> like fuck. You don't put that in your That's fucking so movie. Good. I never, I didn't pick up on that actually. Oh. <laughs> I also love that, like, Donald Faison's life out in LA. He's like, This is the life, man. Like, you could have what I've got. And, like, the life that Donald Faison has is that he lives in a cold, like, high rise apartment building in an ugly part of LA. Yeah. Everything's really desaturated in the film, so it looks bland. And he's like, Come down to the pool. And they're literally sitting by the pool. They're getting served margaritas by just any random young woman around and they're like, this is the life. And it's like, your life is so vapid that it really yeah. is the American dream. And it's so disheartening and like just depressing to think and, that people strive for that. And it's very clear that that's what the brothers Strauss think is really yeah. cool about LA. <laughs> Fuck you. The brothers Strauss, I don't know anything about them, but I imagine they're just like two basically neckbeards that live in a basement somewhere. They've never actually seen life. They've just only, everything they know is based on movies. The way people interact is based on movies. Well, Eric Balfour is definitely the stand-in character for both of them. 
Yeah. Um, or, or at least their perfect vision of themselves. They are very uncool. They are fucking lame as hell, and I don't like them. <laughs> my question, are they fugly? That's I, my third criteria in my out of ten know, criteria. I actually, when I'm looking at people, it doesn't even occur to me. Really? Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> my life is fugly or not. That's Jesus. every moment in my brain. <laughs> it's, it's not just people, it's things, it's items. It's so hard. Thoughts, concepts. We've tried to I'm make like, a point before in this podcast. Everyone's beautiful. You know, like people have, people's beauty mostly That's comes Michelle's from side of the friends. podcast. All right. You do you, boo. But I'm just saying, like, I think we need to hold fugly people accountable. I don't. I don't mean this. I take it back. <laughs> this is Abby's villain turn. Yeah, I'm just three weeks of feeling like shit. And now all you're doing is are people attractive? <laughs> I think that I should just. What I'm saying is that this is basically my slow pitch into my spin-off podcast show, Fugly or Not. No, we're gonna focus on this one first. No, we're not. Peppermint tea, Fugly or Not. Good for your tummy. That's hot. <laughs> Also, this movie was filled with so many different tropes. I wrote down, there's a point where he looks up at this guy and goes, my God, (laughs) completely sincerely. Yeah. He does the, you know, he gets semi taken at the beginning, but they pull him out. And then at one point he lifts up his shirt and looks at the the purple mark on him like a zombie wound. And then someone comes in and he goes, huh, what? Yeah. No, nothing. I'm like, what the Every trope in the book. At one point, I think he watches someone get killed. I can't even remember who it is. Yeah. I, I can't remember who gets murdered, but he sees it. I think it was Donald Faison get abducted. And he goes, no. Yeah. And it's slow motion. And he's like shaking his head. Terry's he's- death in general is so funny. Yeah. They're, they're about to drive to the marina. Uh, Eric Balfour, the wife and uh, his wife and Terry's wife are in one car. And then Denise and Terry are in the other car and they're driving out and then the moment they're like tensely driving out because like we don't want to get seen the moment they drive out this giant foot stomps on the car and you're like huh I guess that's it (laughs) and then the car lifts up and Terry tumbles out of it perfectly fine unscratched as hell Denise can't even see her no he runs to Eric Balfour and then a giant tentacle just comes out and grabs him and they reach out towards each other going, oh, no. And then, yeah, Eric Balfour gives a no yeah. while his wife has to pull him away. <laughs> Fuck off. There was also that scene, just while we're talking about dramatic performances, there's also a scene where they run into a couple and oh, the yeah. man gets basically like almost absorbed into one of these aliens yeah. and like, his wife is like, oh my God, he's still alive. And she runs forward to grab him. And she's she's, she's like, this is it. This is what she's doing. Someone help me. Help me. He's still alive. He's still alive. No. You're going to have more screech. It's like. <laughs> and then he gets murdered in front of her. Yeah. But somehow the bit before that was way more intense. Yeah. But um, well, she dies when they're just running, and then there's this sort of loose shot of a building where a VFX creature then climbs over it and just grabs her, and she's just dead. And you're like, huh? I guess that's that. It's just wild because my whole thought the whole time is that like, I know the alien presence is there in the form of these tentacles and very yonic looking brown oh, muddy flaps. I, I wrote which down. We will get to super vaginal. Super vaginal. <laughs> so vaginal. I- now that's not fugly. That's hot. It, it is the opposite to Alien, which I guess are very phallic. Yeah. You know, and they were like, well, why don't we make our aliens I mean, look like, 
evil also, pussies. But it was also both because they still had tentacles. So it's like they had the tentacles, which were very machinery-like. Mm. like. Oh, oh but, also, um, every every alien in this is clearly a rip on something else. Like, the, the little yeah. aliens are just the sentinels from the Matrix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. We were literally saying, well, like, yeah, these look like any alien. Like, so Claude was watching it with me, and he was like, I feel like I've watched this film before, and he looked everything up, and he was like, no, I've never seen this film before. It's just that it's like it's every other sci-fi so alien dramatic. film. Yeah. But I was going to say yeah. is that my problem with the alien presence is that even though it's technically there and attacking them, there's no humanity to it. So there's mm. no interest in it. I'm like, yeah. I don't really know who these people are. I don't really care what they're doing. I, I, I also, what I know about them, I don't like them. And also this <laughs> is, it's not like our group that we're following are attacking the source of the problem. They are attacking the immediate threat around them, which is just various little aliens. Mm. That's not fun. There's no main goal apart from survival. I want them to be like, well, we need to figure out a plan to stop this. We need to go straight to the top. Brooke was watching this with me, unfortunately. For That's her, pretty gay. For, yeah. And she said my favorite comment about it uh, around when, like, they're watching through a telescope, they're watching the, the nuke go off, and she's like, we're watching them watch a better movie. Yeah. They're like five kilometers away from the good movie. There's, they're literally watching like a fighter jet come in and do interesting things. And we're seeing them go, whoa, yeah, that's really that cool. That was insane. I was like, <laughs> I'm watching a movie of them watching the news around them. Yeah. <laughs> they're not participating. This is a movie about an alien invasion while some people are inside. Yeah. <laughs> also, they never get out of that fucking apartment block. <laughs> they and I never was like, do. where did the budget, what was the budget of the film and where did it go? Oh, I'll get into it. Okay. I'll get into it. But yeah, front to back, this movie is in that fucking condominium complex. Yeah, and like you think they're going to go out, get out, they don't. You're really just waiting for the next step of the story where they get the fuck out of there and they just don't. They just don't. Also, shout out to the old man that got sacrificed for just no reason. They like find that old man, he's got the little dog and then they're just oh, like, yeah, ah, yeah. and he gets killed by the aliens. And you're like, classic old annoying slow man yeah. has to die or the concierge who was the classic like i don't trust the people around me sort yeah. of thing i'm just trying to keep it together yeah and then he dies he gets this big dramatic moment where he's like, he like lights a thingy after setting the gas off but and it doesn't go off yeah so and so the alien attacks another... him but he finally gets the lighter and well, flicks doesn't it and he explodes. just get another lighter he, he just, just finds, finds another <laughs> so like he fixes the lighter situation yeah. he finds another one like a fundamental thing about screenwriting we like watching people be good at things. Yeah. And it's really interesting to people uh, get out of situations either creatively or intelligently. That's one of the best bits about Breaking Bad is watching Walter White figure out how to get out of these uh, situations that the writers don't know how to get out of when they put him there. It's true that we love to watch people be smart. That's 100% true. We also just love people trying their hardest. Yeah. We like people trying hard. So even if it's not... like. Usually that does come in, like, that's part of the territory of being smart or being resourceful. But if you're trying hard, it, even if it's just you've got one tiny goal and it's hard and things get in the way, but you are determined to get around them. Yeah. Great story. Well, that's that's what I mean uh, uh, when I say, like, it's good at things, you yeah. know? They don't have to be smart, but they're doing something very well. Yeah. And they have to try really hard to be good at it. But, like, he he doesn't not like the lighter doesn't work and then he comes up with the idea to like strike two things together to cause a spark or yeah. something or like oh he has a gun but he can shoot this thing and that'll set off an electrical fire 100%. no he just finds another one while the building is collapsing yeah. and you it's know like, there's oh. other sources of fire than a lighter if the lighter doesn't work think of a different <laughs> method to create a flame that's fun imagine being sky strauss the other one's line i mean like yo line hey i got this idea <laughs> they're surfer bros i guess <laughs> <laughs> the lighter doesn't work. And then Lion's uh, like, how does he get out of it? That's bogus. 
he My finds dude. another lighter. Wow, <laughs> that's fucking tubular, dude. Crazy. Want a cone? Yeah, ice cream? Yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> because we're focused. We're so focused. You know, right? we're not going to let... That was us let... fucking around, and that was just an example of where this could go to if we're not focused. If we're not focused. We're not going to let the wacky backy, the no. devil's cigarette, let us get out of topic. No Mary Jane for me, all right? I no. believe in purity. You know... <laughs> I may be busting out rhymes, but you don't have the times to get in line with my sick... Rhymes. I'm I sorry. ain't afraid of no marijuana cigarettes. No. They're afraid of me. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Because I eat them. Oh. I don't smoke them. Oh. I'll eat them. Yeah. It's a noble sacrifice. You got to get drugs off the street somehow. <laughs> you just eat them all. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> one other thing. The city looked fine after the nuke. Like, the nuke goes off, and the city's, like, fine. Like, there's a wide right. shot of it, and it's, like, the, all the buildings should be destroyed. And they're fine. Yeah, they're showing, like, the destruction in the world around them, and it's, like, everything's still so in place, you know exactly what you're looking at. It's, yeah. like, London, the eye is still up. Yeah. Fucking Parliament House is still there. It, Big like, Ben's going off. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's I, just a bit fiery. There's yeah. a bit of smoke. It's clearly, a fire layer is put onto the, the thing. Literally, the 2020 bushfires did more damage <laughs> than these guys did to our planet. Before I go over to the next section, I wanted to tell you the quote that I wrote down, uh, which at one point, Elaine is describing what's happening with the light and stuff to the people inside. And she's like describing how the blue light, you know, absorbs you in and then you're frozen and then something comes to grab you. And she says, who wouldn't want to look at something so beautiful? It's kind of brilliant, actually. I fucking hate when writers in bad movies put a line in of a character saying, the premise of this movie is really clever, isn't it? <laughs> Stop it. Get your ego out of the script. I love it. I love it. My God, the villain thought of that? That's so smart. And that's <laughs> like this fucking screenwriter's just jerking that's off. That's so page. smart of them. That's so smart of them to figure that out. It must have taken a lot of planning. Oh, God. it's I could never have thought of such a genius idea, but so simple. Oh, my God. That's so <laughs> clever. I'm the hot young VFX artist with my hot wife, but I don't want to get too serious, man. I'm not ready for you to be pregnant. Fuck this fucking movie. I hate that trope of men being like, you're pregnant? What about me? <laughs> this off. is really hard for me because I'm next to someone who's pregnant. <laughs> and she's vomiting all the time. <laughs> what a bummer. Yeah. Do you want to hear some trivia? Fuck yeah. IMDb trivia. So to get into the trivia, some of these form a theme. So the film was completely financed by Greg and Colin Strauss without the assistance of any major studio. <gasps> Completely their own financing. How much did they get? For context, by the way, they own a VFX company called Hydraulics. With an X. With an X. Fuck off. Instead of an ICS. Fuck yeah. Off. Um, and so, you know, they use the profits they have as the owners of Hydraulics to fund this movie. Okay. Filming only cost five hundred thousand dollars. What? While the digital effects cost an additional ten million dollars. <laughs> But they were so bad. <laughs> they were so bad. Yeah. And also, like, it's 500000 which explains everything about the movie. The fact that it's, it is another piece of trivia. It is all shot almost entirely at Greg Strauss's condo building. 
<laughs> so they shot it at his house and in his building. How did professional filmmakers manage to make it like a student film well, on a budget of ten million? That's the thing. Like when they're shooting it, you can feel when you're doing it that there's nothing there. Yeah. Like there's the big wide shot where they're looking up at everything, and I'm like, I'm watching it knowing that it's a, just a completely normal city yeah. with a layer of VFX on it. And I am also watching it knowing that you just couldn't afford to shoot anywhere outside of this condo. Yeah. So part of the whole thing was that it was their bid to prove that you could make uh, blockbuster-level effects much cheaper, clearly just to promote hydraulics, right? Mm. I've been like, you know what? All these fucking idiot executives uh, make movies for $200 million dollars. I'm the only smart person in Hollywood who knows it should only cost $10 million. Mm. I know how I'm going to do it. My theory, by the way, is that it was actually just a way for them to funnel $10 million into their VFX company. Yeah. And because they own it, that means they just made, like, $5 million each. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Fucking dickheads. I'm like, die. Um, you know what? Strauss Brothers, definitely fugly. I'm yeah. just saying it now. But doesn't that just explain everything about the movie? Yeah. Totally self-financed, in shot in their apartment, and then just 100%. with, like, ostensibly studio-level VFX on top of it. Oh, it's just so <laughs> grim, but it makes for such a good viewing experience. Yeah, I yeah. well, we'll come back to that, I guess. But um, another piece of trivia, um, this is one of my favourite. Jared Leto is a friend of the Strauss brothers, and so he let them use a 30 Seconds to Mars song at a reduced rate. Nice. Part of the reason I loved that is that right at the beginning, there is the 30 Seconds to Mars song. And without knowing what it was, Brooke just said, what the fuck is this? This song's shit. (laughs) (laughs) A reduced rate. Rip Jared Leto with your shitty cult band and your (laughs) awful, like, we love you because you were in a fucking... Anyway... Well, let's not get into it. Jared Leto is an awful human being, yeah. and I hate his career and his the harm he has caused the trans community. Yeah. Um. Oh, here we go. <laughs> this one I loved less because of what it means and more because of how it's written. Most of the large alien spaceships were designed from the different appearances of various low-altitude clouds, ranging all the way from stratocumulus to cumulus. Wow. <laughs> I mean, tell me more. I'm sure that is a big range of clouds, but it's very funny to say, like, they're designed after all of these clouds, all I the mean, way from stratocumulus to cumulus. Yeah. I mean, my question is, like, is stratocumulus more or less fugly than cumulus? Uh, well, like look, at, the... look at the ships in the movie. <laughs> I'll go back and study the text. <laughs> but it's like if I was talking about D&D, I'm like, ah, yes, D&D, where you can find a, a myriad monsters from goblin to hobgoblin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've said this many times. The general public should not be allowed to put anything into IMDb, but that's why we love it so much, is that any maniac is allowed to enter anything they find of interest into that section, and we read it out to you, this the is, listener. This is unfocused, but my favourite trivia piece will will potentially always remain the one from um, Home Alone 3, listing the characters as phlegmatic, choleric, yeah. sanguine. <laughs> it's not anything. <laughs> Um, and this is the last piece of trivia. 
Um, Sony Pictures launched legal action against Greg and Colin Strauss and the owners of Hydraulics Films on the basis that the latter had been hired to provide the special effects for the similar World Invasion Battle LA 2011. Sony claimed that Hydraulics had not informed it that the company was working on a competing project. The case was later dropped. Great. The fundamental premise of it was Sony was kind of thinking that they were reusing assets from World Invasion Battle LA for Skyline, and, like, they weren't. And I think more than anything, I just love the idea that Sony thought that anyone gave a shit about World Invasion Battle LA 2011. <laughs> it's hot property. <laughs> I know I would. Well, I, I reckon they were like, we have an absolute turd on our hands. Maybe we can wring some money out of hydraulics. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's true. They're like, we made a fucking mistake making that, but there's got to be some silver lining somewhere. <laughs> Someone's wronged us somehow. Hey, watch this. Jesus. Um, I don't know. Did they fuck up? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know those Strauss brothers? Maybe we could just pin something on them. I don't know. (laughs) They're easy target. Nobody likes them anyway. They're so fugly. Meanwhile, they're like in the nearby room being like, we're the king! We're the king! I think you mean in their basement where they live and have not come out of We literally saw their condo. It was the whole movie. $10 million of special effects, Michelle, you tell me. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah. With their, with the whole plot point is that their condo has a remote control to put down and up the blinds. That's a whole plot point. It's a huge plot point. Which I would say is maybe the fastest way to tell your audience that these characters are unsympathetic. <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't care about the fate of Terry. <laughs> <laughs> and his remote control blinds. <laughs> oh, hey, this rich dickhead uh, is, is next to an alien invasion. I do have to say, I love the main lead lady and her... Scotty Thompson. Scotty Thompson and her um, handsome Squidward husband because they are so bland. Like, they're just a really another... Like, it's a perfect example of white bland people that are the main mm. characters in this. And let me... This is an example of why they're bland. Like, obviously, it's a, it's an issue with, like, the actual screenwriting because they have no character traits whatsoever. Mm. But something that really ruffles me the wrong way is that most of these people wear a lot of grey shirts and grey cardigans. They do! It's they a, really it's do! It's like the grey cardigan effect. Because she walked out of the plane in a grey cardigan and, like, just jeans, and I was like, I fucking knew it. I knew there was going to be a grey cardigan showing up here, and it did. Ugh. I reckon we should keep, like, a grey cardigan score. See yeah. how many women are just wearing grey cardigans and fucking denim jeans. But not, like, what, light denim. Oh, I'm the, saying, like, dark blue denim the, jeans. The Bloomhouse movies alone will skyrocket yeah. that score because they had one woman in Ouija that was alternative and she was dressed in all black yeah. <laughs> um, do you want to hear some reviews yes reviews this is your prog rock intro to reviews Slap bass solos are what we all are here for. Pink Floyd had a really strange early career. I was thinking of like Primus. That makes more sense. (laughs) Here's the review from IMDb. Um, An intelligent sci-fi that doesn't cater to the crowd by Grey Archive-1. Grey? Okay. (laughs) I thought that was the end of the sentence. No. (laughs) They don't cater to the crowd by... 
No, no, no. <laughs> Great archiving, of course. Focus. No goofies. I'm not even trying to be goofy. No more goofies. It's done. Oh, I'm fucking professional pub. I'm sorry. Cast. I just always disappoint you. You're not sorry enough yet. What? Look at me. I am looking at you. Look at me harder. Okay. Kind of hurts. That's it. Kind of hurts my eyes. And that's it. Keep looking. Yeah, I'm, I'm still looking. You've disappointed I... me. Oh, God. <laughs> Look at me again. <laughs> I love and care about you. Oh. You're okay. Oh. You got this. <sighs> now, focus. Ah, <laughs> oh, Christ. <laughs> you poop in my pain. Well, now I have to cut it. No! <laughs> <laughs> um... I did a poopy in my pants. Is <laughs> that better? That's it. Fucking That's classist the intellectual cuck. comedy. You're a simp for classism. <laughs> I love classist cuck. <laughs> um, but you, I love that you. I rephrased it as well. So you've got two go. You've got two phrases there for you. Yeah, I'll yeah. just splice in the best one. Yeah. <laughs> um, classist classism. <laughs> um, an intelligent sci-fi that doesn't cater to the crowd. After reading so many negative reviews, I was actually considering not going to watch it. I was expecting the worst. I even took my Android phone in case it was really bad and I could have played a couple of games. The film doesn't follow the Hollywood method. It doesn't have a normal ending. Characters are not printed on politically correct paper. Oh, fuck. I found the reactions of the people involved to be realistic, normal people with small minds and grasping <laughs> to small problems in a situation they have no control over. <laughs> A humankind shown to be 99.999% normal petty and non-heroic. We watch so many films that follow a formula that show man out to be this amazing being who always survives, always wins. We are so used to being saved and it's not really true, is it? We don't have an ace pilot or elitist hacker. We don't have a superhero to fix it all. We'd be in trouble if something more advanced than us comes to play. To me, this makes it an awesome film. And strangely, I found the rest of the people in the cinema of the same mind. As soon as the film finished, people I didn't know started discussing it as a bit of fresh air. If you like your films like Independence Day or Armageddon or any film where humankind are groomed and praised, where a prayer to the gods or a speech by the president saves the day, then you probably won't like this movie. I look forward to seeing Skyline 2. 10 out of 10. Fuck. It, you know, I when I said, let's make the reviews from IMDb, in the back of my head, I was like, it's because I want to know the kind of person who leaves a written review on IMDb over any other platform. Rather than say, like, Filmboxed? What's that one? Letterboxd. Letterboxd. Letterboxd feels like the opposite of IMDb. Yeah. Because it's the it's like the cool, fun one. Yeah. Where people go to share genuine opinions <laughs> on things. IMDb is just a cesspit of... <laughs> Insane people Absolutely. sharing their nonsense opinions. <laughs> it's the Yahoo Answers of movies. It is. <laughs> it is. And when I read this, I was like, this is it. This is what I thought I was going to find. <laughs> you know, why didn't we choose like like Rotten Tomatoes bottom 250 or like <laughs> Metacritic? You, you pitched this to me. Yeah, why did you listen? I said we should do a, a film podcast and you're like, let's do this. Yeah. Look, I think at the time I was either drunk or tripping acid, so you shouldn't have listened because <laughs> we're here now, a year in almost. Yeah. And it's just getting worse. 
four more years four more years well not yet we're not a year in we got to save that chant for yeah in a couple weeks now was that guy's review what did you think what was your review i actually really enjoyed watching this again that's my bar now it's <laughs> what can i tolerate and it was so silly i enjoyed it yeah so even though the directing was fucking terrible like we're not really talking about it like it's an actual film at this point all right it's something that we withstand and mm. how much did i withstand it it's not about the film it's about my own mental health and yeah. how i can actually get through the you, viewing experience you have hard pivoted to I a have. new curve it is which not about how good the film is it's about how much i was able to watch it four out of ten four out of ten it was enjoyable oh, it was okay. fun it was silly i liked how bad it was like genuinely enjoyed it <laughs> yeah. could watch it again if i was drunk because it was so tropey and silly mm. and I just loved the weird Yonic muddy aliens that was just spouting yeah. out brown shit all over people. Hey, because you know if, vaginas are gross. What if you took a Sentinel from the Matrix and then just whacked a disgusting muddy vagina yeah. on the front of it, which I feel like would have undermined the trans allegory somewhat. <laughs> what would you give it as a score, Michelle? Um, I, I mean, I really didn't care for this movie. I agree that I would like. It has potential for drunken rewatch, but I actually think it's not fun enough. Like, it would very quickly be replaced by something more silly. Yeah. You know? I think its greatest crime is just that it's not very interesting because it does every trope. You know exactly what's coming. It doesn't do anything so outrageous it's fun and silly. Yeah. It takes itself way too seriously and thinks it's the fucking coolest thing in the world. Mm. So I think I'm going to give it a 3.6 because I don't... (laughs) I don't think it's quite a 3.5, but it's definitely not a 4. Yeah. I think it's 3.6. Yeah. Because it was, like, fine, but it was bad. It was... Yeah. Look, I'm going to go out on a limb here. It was bad. Yeah. All right? I'm just going to say it. We didn't enjoy it. So that was Skyline. Follow us on social media if you can. You can find us on Twitter at RateDescendPod or email us at RatingDescending at gmail.com. Or you can find us on our personal handles. I'm on Insta under Abigail J. Ward. And I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Michelle.StClair. And don't forget to drop us a review on Apple Podcasts. It definitely makes a difference. And if you love us, you'll do it. And if you hate us, you won't. So just think about that. A lot of people actually have been taking us up and review us on Apple Podcasts. I read them. I love them. But a lot of people hate us, it seems. Is that you, listener? No, there's not enough of them. We can't do this. We can't (laughs) break them. (laughs) So, Abby, what are we watching next week? Next week, we are watching the Human Centipede Uh, first sequence. uh, Because we've got (laughs) the second sequence or the final sequence. Yeah. Uh, in a, maybe about a year's time, but we've got two of them. I don't think in my life I've ever looked forward to watching a movie less. Yeah, look, I'm I'm not even I'm not even sure I want to watch it with anyone else around. I just don't want to put anyone else through it. I just want to do it by myself in a dark room and cry. Oh, and I'm gonna watch it. it. It's gonna be middle of the day. It's it has to be like I have to do an activity afterwards as like a palate cleanser. Do you want to like just watch this one together so we can get through it together? Absolutely. Would that be okay? Can we'll we get just, through it together. Actually, I don't want to do it alone. And guys, I don't do it alone. guys, we promise that next week when we're reviewing it, we're not gonna be gross about it. <laughs> well, I well I you know we'll obviously talk about the assholes and the shit eating, yeah, and obviously what's fugly and what's not. That's oh, top of the list. For fuck's sake! <laughs> Join us next week.